I just wanted at the very start of tonight's show to admit something that I'm not really proud of. Uh, it's something to do with TV, kind of bad, malevolent thoughts I have during a much-loved family TV show. And I, I, I'm ashamed, I'm not proud of it, but I want to get it out in the open tonight on Home Time. So here, here it is, right? I enjoy an episode of Grand Designs more if everything goes horribly wrong for the person having the building work done. Does that make me a bad person? I'm not interested in it going exactly to plan or them getting a brilliant atrium. I don't care. That's boring. I love it when it all goes wrong. And even worse, right, I'm, I'm totally ashamed to say this. I get a bit of a kick out of them splitting up because of it. Is that really bad? That's terrible, isn't it? It's absolutely terrible. I've been walking around with this thought in my head I mean, like when, when we're watching it in the lounge. Everyone's getting into it. Oh, I, wonder, I hope they're going to be okay. And secretly I'm thinking, I just want it to get even worse. I'm loving this. You know, you know what I mean, like stuff where the cement doesn't work properly or they fill it with, like, chip fat from Norway because that's good for installation and stuff, and it doesn't work. Or it leaks out the side like a sponge. Or I, I even like it even more where there, there should have been, like a, like, a games room and there's nothing there. It's just like a, a muddy puddle, and it keeps raining. The rain's the best bit. Uh, so I, I just wanted to get that out in the open because I, I felt bad about feeling this way for quite a long time. Maybe you're listening to this right now thinking, do you know what, actually, I, I'm like this as well. I have bad thoughts during Grand Designs. Charlie does add a, a point on Twitter. Uh, it wouldn't be as enjoyable if the couple came in under budget, had a great builder and the perfect summer, and Kevin turns up and says how great it looks, then he leaves. That is a good point. It's part of the drama. But I just want to put it out there right at the start of the show, cards on the table. Am I a bad person for wanting people in Grand Designs to fail? Uh, Jeff says, Bush, you're a psycho. Fair play. Uh, Michelle says, I love watching for properties that uh, they'll never be able to afford to live in at the end. This is terrible, isn't it? It's like a really evil hour of radio, but it's good to be honest. Gavin says, agreed, Bush, nothing better than a colossal fail on Grand Designs. It's the fact that people budget for these builds and end up with a mortgage they can't afford on a house that's made up of hay bales and animal poo with a wind turbine that breaks a lot, and worse, they don't have planning permission for. That's a good point. Well, let's expand this out a little bit. Because we're getting tweets and stuff in from people who secretly want people to fail in other programmes, not necessarily just Grand Design. So Adam says, Bush, there's nothing more entertaining than seeing the blood drain from the faces of a, <laughs> of a pretentious couple realising they've completely blown the budget. We all know it's blown, except them. Good point. And I tell you what, we're getting in on the wires this evening on Home Time. It ain't just Grand Designs. There's other programmes out there that people are secretly rooting for people to fail in. Shelley, speak to us. Whenever I watch Don't Tell the Bride... I really want the bride not to turn up at the wedding and be really, really bummed by what he's done. <laughs> Isn't that bad, though? Because we should be rooting for these people and, and want them to have a, a lovely wedding and all that kind of stuff, or want their house to pan out well on Grand Designs. Why do we Why do we want the worst for these people? They just put themselves out there and, and we want them to have the worst. That's what they're there for, for us to ogle over their bad luck. Yeah, it's a good point as well. Better. Yeah, it does. I don't know what it is. It would be boring if it all went to, according to plan, don't you think, Shelley? Exactly, yeah. So the best possible don't tell the bride for you is that the bride doesn't turn up. Yes, they split up. Um, she runs away with the best man because he tried to tell a groom not to spend all his money on the stag do. <laughs> Brilliant, lovely to speak to you. Take care. You too. I've gone down like a bit of a, like an evil rabbit hole this evening. Not only am I I'm encouraging people on Grand Designs to have a nightmare, I can't stop watching the video footage of the band The View battering each other in their gig in Manchester last night. They had a fight on stage. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, we need to get some of the view on. Let's try and get them on. 
Miles has just tweeted with a tick list of stuff that he loves when it goes wrong on Grand Designs, and it goes as follows. Over budget. Man has got loads of grey hair, more than he had at the start. Uh, wet shear on record. Uh, one of the windows doesn't fit. Uh, not in for Christmas. Not in for the Christmas after. All completed, but kitchen is completely unfinished. And the garden's a swamp. Bell doesn't work properly on this show. There you go. Uh, we've got Richard online. Richard, what are you saying? So, yeah, Grand Designs. When you get, like, people going on there, you know, giving it big licks, oh, it's, it's easy to build these houses, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hang on a minute, do you don't even work in the trade? You have no idea. And then it all goes horribly wrong. So it's, it's quite amusing. So you're, are, you, are you in the trade? Are you, are you a builder? Yeah, I'm a joiner. So it's, they, have, they have absolutely no expectation of what things cost or anything like that. And it's just it's just funny when it goes wrong. Because I, I was watching one the other week, right? So secretly there wanting it to fail. And this guy had a nightmare. It was like a Teletubby house built into a hill. Uh, and I think three sets of building companies just walked out on him because they couldn't bear it. Because he, he was in everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like they'll, they'll read one section on... On the on the internet, pick the sections that they want to hear, and then then become an expert. And it's like, well, you know, I've been doing this job for twenty five years, and I'm still learning. So, do you, do you find that just generally in life now? Uh, you know, because th- there's a definite thing with grand designs where people have a go and think they can do it just by watching YouTube. Do you do you have oh, people question you now with what you're doing? Yeah, all the time, and it's because like with electricians, you've got a governing body behind you, and with gas safe, you've got the gas certification. With joinery and carpentry, people seem to think that they can just do it and become an expert because there's no governing body to tell you how it's done and not done. I mean, you imagine me walking into your radio studio and just going, I could do this job, it's easy. Whereas you, you, you've done it for years, you know what to do, you know how to present. It's, it's, it's almost belittling of the trade and you just think, you know what, mate, not interested. Do you know what you need? You joiners need a, a government agency. Let's think of an abbreviation for some kind of agency for you guys. You know what I mean? Like uh, Block or... or, or, uh, or what's the name of wood? Oak. Oh, yeah, oak. <laughs> some kind of official board for joiners that just kind of smokescreen to stop nosy customers from uh, getting involved. That's it, yeah. Hiding all that stupid information that people... I mean, it's some, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's a lot of terrible information at the same time, and it's people just read the sections that they want to see and hear and ignore the rest. Well, listen, uh, if you are in, uh, a joiner or a carpenter or whatever and you want to sign up to this new agency, Oak, O-A-K, get involved with the show now and we'll sign you up. Good to speak to you, Richard. You too. Cheers. Stephen has tweeted to say, can other trades sign up or is it just joiners, Bush? Uh, I get that as a tiler. Look at a few videos and they're fully qualified telling me how to do my job. If if you get customers sticky beaking into what you do, drop me a text and I'll make you up a government agency. 8, 12, 15 to get involved. I've spent this hour talking about how I want people to fail in grand designs. Katie's on the line now to psychoanalyse me, Katie. Okay, I believe you've come down with the case of Schadenfreude, which um, is taking pleasure in other people's pain. Is that what Schadenfreude is? Because our producer Nick is in Germany watching football this weekend. I think he's going to be drinking a few of them. <laughs> um, it's just a quote of famous musical, um, Avenue Q. There's a whole song about it. I recommend it. Okay, so how do I, how do I cure Sch- Schadenfreude? How do I become a better person, uh, Katie? Oh, I don't know if you can. Just check with your love support groups, find like-minded people, and just revel in the enjoyment. Okay. It's- I'm going to change my tune. I feel like uh, you calling in is the ghost of Christmas future for me in many ways. <laughs> yeah, find like-minded people and embrace it. It's who you are. The Daily Takeaway.
I tell you what, though, as we head towards the weekend, I'm doing something incredibly rock and roll this weekend. I am off to my first ever proper board game convention. Uh, it's called Punched Con, after the Punched Board Game magazine, which is a fantastic magazine if you're a bit of a board game geek like me. It's described as, and this is going to knock your socks off, the UK War and Strategy Board Game Convention in Coventry, and I can't wait. Never been to one before. Uh, and, and it's just amazing. Uh, me and my friend Phil are going, and basically I'm going to pick him up at Chingford or somewhere like that. Need to wear that bit out. Then we're driving to Coventry. It's going to be a road trip like Thelma and Louise with a boot full of board games. Not a care in the world. And this is the best bit, right? We're staying over a couple of nights. Separate rooms. He wasn't up for it. Uh, and then there's this massive hotel event centre with just loads of big tables, massive big tables. Because if you ever want to do anything in the house when you've got kids, there's no table room anywhere. We, we've got a nice big table in our lounge, but it's just full of, like, stuff, like uni plastic unicorns and things, do you know what I mean? Little plastic fruit for little tiny kitchenette things that you buy for Christmas. So there's no chance of playing board games on there, but this place is just going to have loads of space. And the best thing is as well, you can sit there and have a couple of beers over the weekend without kids pulling the board off the table and smashing the game to pieces just at the, at the crucial stage, do you know what I mean? So I am very, uh, very excited about this, but I am a, a convention newbie. I've never been to one before, and I, love, I know that a lot of people go to these things now. They're happening more and more often, which is great, because I love it when people have got hobbies and are passionate about something, and it's a brilliant thing. So tell me in this hour on Home Time if you have been to a convention based on a hobby or interest that you've got. Kitty says, I met Sir Patrick Stewart, William Shatner and other Star Trek actors at a Star Trek convention. She sent in some amazing photos. So if you've got any stories to tell, I'd love to hear them as we head towards this showbiz weekend. It's 8, 12, 15 to get involved. Uh, my two producers, Molly and Adam, have been moaning about it being cold in the studio. So Adam's put a fleece on, so I've had to turn the heating up in here. Millennials, always cold. They're always cold. Just talking about going to a board game convention this coming weekend. Uh, if you've ever been to a convention before, tell me about it, because I've never been. Uh, Louise says, I've been going to a Supernatural, the TV show convention, since 2018. Even though I hate crowds, everyone there is so friendly and they're all there for the same reason and it's always such good fun. Loving this intel, we've got Lynn on the line. What convention do you want to talk about, Lynn? Right, well it is, it's, you know, the Van Marillion, obviously. Yep, no Marillion, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do, uh, they take over centre parks in Port Zealand in Holland. Wow. Every two years in it, yeah, yeah. So, me, me husband's been a couple of times but this year, me son went for the first time, he's only 16. Um, but yeah, it loves them. Absolutely mad, Marillion fans. But loads of the mates go as well. You know what I mean? They just go away for three days, get the flights to Amsterdam, and that's it. So, all oh, right. Yeah. So, not New Zealand. It's called Port Zealand in Holland. No, it's, it's called Port Zealand. It's centre parks. It, it on a normal day, you know, a normal week, it's just a holiday centre parks. But Marillion take over it for that that weekend. Well, so Marillion are like they're playing, and then people go and pass them on zip lines and you wires and stuff. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've got to be really into Marillion to go there for that weekend, put it that way. But that's what I love about, you know, conventions and people following things that is a passion for them and a hobby. It's uh, great to meet people who are into the same thing as you. Yeah, yeah. So it's me husband and me son and they're mad mates, to be fair. <laughs> I love how you're distancing yourself from the Marillion uh, convention. Uh, no, no, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not a Marillion at all, but yeah, I'm just distancing myself from the convention. Uh, last <laughs> last, last quick question before I let you go. What's it called? It must have like a snappy name, like Marillion Fest or something. What's it called, Greg? 
what's it actually called? It's Port Sealing Convention Marillion. Google it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Make him do some work there. They're doing one in Canada this week as well. Really? And, and his, his mate, his, his friend who lives in Boston, yeah. who went with them to, to the Centre Parks one, is actually going to the Canada one on his own this weekend. Who who knew that Marillion were the kings of the behind-the-scenes uh, music convention thing? What about that? Oh, oh, they, oh these are just great. <laughs> Some really lovely intel coming into the show. Hi, Bush, we go to Mod Weekenders with snappy titles such as Dreamsville, Sharpen Up and Powwow. Pretty niche, but great fun. Uh, we have lifelong friends that are going to be going as well, which is a great thing. That's from John in Cambridge. We've got Imogen on the line. Tell us about your convention, Imogen. Um, yeah, so my friends I met at university all singing barbershop quartets and choruses. Oh, right. So, yeah, three times a year. There's uh, three um, competitions. So there's one for men and two for women. And they, yeah, they go and compete and sing all weekend. Well, so there's th- at least three barbershop conventions in the United Kingdom every year that you know about. Uh, there's definitely three every year, and then they sometimes go to Ireland and Spain as well. Wow, and do you, what do you do? Do you, do you go along and support them, or do you get involved, or, or what? I, I'm in the crowd cheering along when they win, yeah. I always, Whenever I think of barbershop quartet, I'm always thinking of straw hats and stripy blazers. Has it moved on a bit since those days? Yeah, they sometimes do mixtape ones like that, but it's definitely moved on since then. Wow, and have they got snappy names, these conventions? Um, well, the Labs and Babs, the British uh, <laughs> Ladies and Men's British Barbershop Society, and Sweet Adelines is because of the song Sweet Adelines. Love and it, that's, that's better. Worldwide. I like that, because we, we, we had that person on earlier on about the Marillion Convention. It, was, it was, wasn't quite a snappy name, as I was hoping. So, Lads and Babs or whatever sounds fantastic. Yeah, and then Sweet Adelines is the worldwide one, so that's just Region 31 is the UK uh, and maybe Ireland, that's the one that they're comp- competing at this weekend. Oh, well, we wish them the best of luck from everyone on Absolute Radio and lovely to I speak will. to you. Yeah, I'll pass the message along. Thank you very much. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. It's time for the Film Club every week. We take a brief from you guys about a particular movie recommendation that you want and we crowdsource it with our brilliant hometown audience. Uh, amazing email into the show, hometimeatabsoluteradio.co.uk from two flatmates, Ella and Amy. Now, they live uh, with another flat... They have a flat show with a guy called Jim who apparently thinks he knows everything about movies. He's one of them. A bit of a bigot. And apparently he always berates them if they ask to pause a film so they can get an update on what the plot is. So what they want tonight, they're planning a movie evening. They want suggestions from you lot for a film that's so damn complicated Jim won't know what's hitting. Super complex films, please. Maybe you sat through a movie and kind of enjoyed it, but didn't really have a 100% grasp of what's going on, which is kind of like me most of the time with uh, Succession. I think it's brilliant, but I'd say I'm running at about 60-65% knowledge of what's going on. I think I'll have to go through it again when it's over. So, like, for example, Interstellar, fantastic Matthew McConaughey film about, you know, science fiction, space and time travel. I loved it, but I didn't really know what the hell was going on. Or Jacob's Ladder with Tim Robbins in it. Kind of a weird film from the early 90s. Completely confusing. Inception. There's another one. So let's have your complicated film suggestions, please, so that Ella and Amy can get one back on Jim. Someone says, William S. Burroughs, Naked Lunch. You'll never be able to explain that one. I've read the books. Even more complicated. Simon in Devon says, Mulholland Drive. He says, I've always heard about it, decided to give it a try. That was two hours of my life I'll never get back. I think David Lynch movies are fantastic and brilliant, but they're very confusing at the same time as well. So that's a good suggestion. Uh, Johnny's on the line. Johnny, what film are you thinking? Well, it's, it's 12 Monkeys for me. 
half the time it keeps flitting between what is reality and what's the future, and it's just confusing. It's just very, very confusing. It's great. Good film. Now, I remember watching that. I think I was sitting there expecting some monkeys to turn up, but there's no monkeys in it, as far as I can tell. There is no monkeys, no. It's, uh, well, I don't want to give too much of the plot away. It's, um, what's his name again? (laughs) (laughs) It's what happens when you get over a certain age. You you can't remember anyone's name. (laughs) It's Bruce Willis, and he's always good. Bruce Willis is always fantastic, but, yeah, Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed there was no monkeys in it at the end. (laughs) Well, yeah, there is kind of lions and stuff, though, and a bit of a zoo thing. Well, call it Twelve Lions then. Stop, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's fake, fake advertising with the whole monkeys thing. It's it's the whole time traveling thing. At one point, I was watching it, thinking, has he just made this all up in his head, or is he actually time traveling? I mean, what's going on here? I have exactly the same thoughts staring at Richie on a daily basis on this show. <laughs> oh, poor Richie. I know he's not even here to defend himself, is he? That's a great suggestion. Thank you so much, my friend. Right, cheers, mate. Danny Cader says, Shutter Island. Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, still batters my brain to this day. I've watched that, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Andy and a load of people suggested Tenet, which I've not seen before, but again, does look very confusing. Mark in Ware says, Face Off. I've tried to watch it half a dozen times and asked me at the end what the deal was and I can't tell you who the baddie was or who died or who had a real face. Some people get it, but to me, it's like that pee in a cup trick. I'm just lost as soon as there's one change or one sudden hand movement. Keep your suggestions coming in. Uh, We've got Dudley on the line. Dudley, what film are you thinking? Memento. Now, Memento, as far as I can remember, it's uh, Mike from uh, Neighbours. Yeah. A.K.A. Guy, Guy Pierce, Pierce. Yeah. yeah, Guy Pierce. Yeah. And then it, it's, it's filmed backwards. And forwards at the same time. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? They're asking for trouble. Well, one way, one's in black and white and the other one's in colour, so you know which one's which. OK, yeah. and did you, are you, you watched the film and did you know what was... Could you explain it to someone? No. <laughs> it comes together at the very end, but to explain it would kind of ruin it. I feel like they should they release pamphlets. You know, like I mean, I was mentioned Succession earlier on. I love Succession, but I, I don't know what's going on for quite big chunks of it. If they released a little pamphlet every week that you can kind of, you know, browse through whilst it's on, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, a little instruction manual that goes with the film. Yeah, let's make it happen. Well, listen, good to speak to you, and that's a great suggestion. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, mate. A huge thank you to you if you've got involved with anything on this evening's show, particularly those people who've been suggesting incredibly complicated movies so that we can try and make uh, Jim's brain explode, thanks to his flatmates Ella and Amy at their next movie night, because he's a movie know-it-all. I think we'll go with Memento. We've had so many messages in about Guy Pearce having a draw on himself so he can remember what's going on, or I do that most of the time, to be honest with you, if I'm even doing a shop just around the corner, because I can't remember anything. So Memento is the movie they're going to pick. Ella and Amy, let us know how you're getting on, and if there's a movie club thing we can help you with, all you've got to do is drop us an email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. 